Oasis of Wisdom Bible Church, the church of a distant Christian generation. Imagine the vice chancellor of your university woke up very early in the morning and beat everybody to the university gates, okay? And pick up the keys and opened the gates. Then a graduate assistant who was just employed yesterday is driving him coming into the university. So he opened the gates for him and gave him a tally. Check his boots, close the boots and ask him to go. How will you feel if you are the graduate assistant? You can't even express what your feelings will look like. Yes, ma'am. How will you feel? I feel surprised. You feel surprised? Yes, yes. More? How will you feel? I'll feel surprised too. You feel surprised. Okay? Somebody will not be shocked. <laughs> like I'll feel honored, like for a visit to open the gates for me. Like <laughs> Wow, you feel honored. Huh? Humble, okay. You feel humbled. You feel humbled. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> ah, and that, uh huh. Mommy says she will even pack and say, Ah, 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 kilo de ah, kilo chele. You know, yeah, it's the one. Say, I will get my own today, Maba. Hello, are we together? That's, that's self condescension, self abasement. Now, does that act, does that act rob him of his visitorship? Huh? Does he say it is not a, the VC again? In fact, rather, it does what? It it um it um it uh, enhances enhances his dignity. Okay, your estimation of him will do what? Boom, skyrocket. Your estimation of him will do what? Value the value you place on him before. Okay, we increase uh, uh, geometrically. It will increase geometrically. Ah! 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 That's exactly what God did for us in Christ. That's exactly what God did for us in Christ coming to pick on the human, uh, human body, human flesh to identify with us. And that particular act is the cornerstone of the Christian belief. Is the cornerstone of the Christian faith. In fact, is the cornerstone of Christianity. That particular act of condescension that God did in Christ Jesus, stepping down, okay, stepping down to be able to identify uh, 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 with us. So, the mystery of the Christian faith 
is that the Son of God became the Son of Man so that the Son of Man can become sons of God. The Son of God became the Son of Man so that sons of men can become sons of God. That's, that's it's a mystery. So, it is in that act, it is in the incarnation of Christ that you have the ticket to become sons of God. He did it on purpose. So very quickly this evening, we will, I will, okay, we're going to read a scripture to establish this, then I will make a statement, that statement, I will also try to break that statement into its four main components, then we'll now run through the implications of this God's self-condescension to become man for you and I. So John chapter 1 verse 1 to about verse 14 and maybe a few verses after 14 explain what we just mentioned now or what we just described now. The self-condescension right of God John chapter 1 from verse 1 can we read together in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God verse 2 the same was with was in the beginning with God. Are we all reading? One, two, read verse three. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness to the light that all men through him might believe. He was not the light, but was sent to bear witness to, the light, to that light. That was the true light which lighted every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. He came unto his own and his own received him not. But as many as received him to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. 
which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So this birth is not biological birth. It's spiritual birth. Verse 14 now. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Mommy will remember this song, maybe, and daddy. La la mo la mo, Maybe you help us to take it. Can you, can you see how much God loves us? Great, great is this God. So, you have this scripture establishing the understanding we are trying to gain about what Paul said. Okay? He said he was made uh, uh, he appeared in the flesh. He appeared in the flesh. So, the Son of God appeared in the flesh, but on purpose. It is so that you and I will become sons of God. So let me make that statement and uh, try to break it down to its uh, components and we'll move on from there. I sat and I was like, why is it that God did this? And if you read your Bible, study your Bible very well. Must God go this far? Must God go this far? Must your VC go that far? To stand at the gates, open the gates, operate like uh, and when he's done with that assignment, he returns back to his office and start to sign your results start to sign checks. Eh? Sign, start, start to sign your certificates. Imagine now that while he was doing that at, at, the, at, at the gates, okay, you came in not properly dressed. Came in uh, to disobey the dress code of the university. And he looks at you and says, I know, but you are not properly dressed. I know, believe me, what concerns you that? That's my life. All right? Hello? And he marks your face very well. 
Hallelujah. And you decided to just leave and wear whatever you think you want to put on and you defile every manner of decorum, okay? That is required of you as a university student. And you are graduating the following week. Hallelujah. You are to graduate the following week. Where it will be mentioned that this certificate of this university, you are taking it on two grants. Hmm? On two grants. Academic competence and character competence. Okay? You have been found worthy both in character and in learning. And usually, when they recite that thing, character always comes first. So, your academics is to impart character on you. Which, unfortunately, the reverse is the case in most of our schools today. Character and in learning. So, now imagine that the man is not signing your certificate after you have behaved like that. So, I kept while would God always run after man? So here's the statement. God always seek and desire to relate with humans because he created us in his own image. We are God's possession. Satan only stole humans from God. So, he is always interested in having his treasure back with him. So, why will God go this far to step down and pick on human flesh? Go through the, the, the process of development in a woman and be born like a baby and grow like a baby and move around to feel the pains that human beings feel. Experience hunger. Experience pain. Experience thirst. Experience betrayal. Experience injustice. You know his death was injustice. Are we together? Experience uh, a wickedness. Because the manner in which he was crucified, he takes a wicked person to undo human being like that. Wickedness of highest order. Experience pain. Agony. Experience what it means to be dying and you are conscious that you are dying. And finally, yielding up the ghost. Why would God go this far? God always seek and desire to relate with humans. So you are created to relate with God. Alright? And the meeting point, the point of connection is very strong, very firm. From the beginning, he created us in his image. It is that uh, framework 
okay, that brings us into firm connection with God. That's what makes the difference between you and a pig, between me and a dog. Dog cannot relate with God the way God will relate with me because dog was not created in the image of God. Okay? Goat was not created in the image of God. So there is a point of connection, right? Man must always return back to his maker. All right? No matter how terrible you, a man has seen, is the reason why, no matter how terrible the sin of a man is, at a point when he repents, God is open. He, 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 you are, your essence is in him. All right? He created us in his image. So, Satan stole man from God. And God will always pursue to do what? To, to, to reclaim what belongs to him. So, it is, it is in the process of that determination to reclaim what belongs to him that he decided, look, I'm stepping down. I'm doing what? I'm stepping down. And you will understand and appreciate that better when you read Revelation, where the Bible says that the Satan has been saying to the world, he said, woe unto the inhabitants of the heart. Because Satan has been sent down, okay? And uh, he knows that he has but what? A limited time. So that limited time, that Satan is very uh, time conscious though. That limited time he has, he works ferociously to make sure that he gets as many as possible into hell. And hell is defined as in, the, in Matthew as a home created for Satan and his angels, never for human beings. Human beings don't have a plot in hell. Are you doing to go and buy a plot in hell? Are we together? To go and get accommodation in hell. No. It's vividly described as a place made for Satan and his angels. So, he has been sent into the world. So, God, who created you and high in his image, knows that you belong to him and he wants to go extra mile to reclaim what belongs to him. So he stepped down, okay, to the heart to come and deal with that thief that, has took, that is claiming the property that does not belong to him. Are we together? All right. So let's now pick on, on that profound statement. The first part of that statement is that God desires uh, uh, I mean, God is God's desire for relationship. God's desire for what? For relationship. So, this idea that God seeks and desires to relate with human is firmly rooted in Christian faith. Firmly rooted in Christian faith. The belief is that God, as the creator, desires a personal relationship with his creation. God desires what? A personal relationship with his creation, especially with humans who are created in his image. With humans who are created in his image. 
Genesis chapter 3, verse 8 to 9. Let's affirm that. Genesis 3, 8 to 9. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Right from before the fall of man, that's, that has been the way God treated the people he created in his image. Okay? So, he wants to relate with them. So, when they, when, when they eventually fell, look at what the Bible says, he came in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord, God, amongst the trees of the garden. Sin separates from God, from the creator, all right? So it is man that has been running away from God, and God is the one that has been running after man. Hello? So, right from the fall of man in the garden, God has been running after man, and man has refused to wait for God. Okay? Running away from God. So, God continue to do what? To run after man. Are we together? Alright. So, and in so many ways, in so many instances where God had, had, had tried to run after, after man, okay, man have proven very difficult to do what? To, to be reached. Therefore, the son stepped down. Okay? Pick up flesh to identify with man. Are we together? Uh, let's read verse, uh, verse 9. Verse 9. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? The same is what God is saying to today. To as many that are here to give their lives to him. We are at Ibuluwa. Gift Ibuluwa. Stephen Ibuluwa. Shegun Ibuluwa. Abigail, where are you? Where are you? I want to relate with you. Where you belong to me. I make you in my image. You belong to me. You have a connection with me. Come out. So, God has always sought for, for man. Uh, Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah 29. Uh, let's see verse 12 and 13. Let us all read together. One, two, read. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will ask him unto God is always available. He's, he's, he's ready. Okay? He's ready. Revelation. Revelation 3.20. Revelation 3.20. Let's read together. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him 
and will sup with him and eat with me. God is always available. He's there. When you come to him, you will meet him. He comes to you, he knocks, you open, you will see him. So, God desires that relationship with you and I very, very strongly. The second point in that statement that we are trying to analyze is humans are God's possession. Humans are God's possession. In your law, only what you mean. We are God's possession. We didn't create ourselves. So this concept of humans being God's possession is firmly established in the Bible. In the Bible, there are passages that speak about God's ownership of creation and humanity. But strong emphasis is on humans belonging to God. Emphasizing the idea that humans belong to God by virtue of their being is creation. We belong to God. Psalm 100 verse 3. Psalm 100 verse 3. Do we have it? Okay, let's read together. Know ye that the Lord is God. It is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Isaiah. Isaiah 64, verse 8. Isaiah 64, verse 8. Is somebody there? Okay. But now, O Lord, thou art our father, we are the clay, and thou art, and we all are the work of thy hand. Leave me is my life. I can live in a lie. A lie. The rich fool. Wow. He, he cultivated, he did huge harvest. He said, wow, now, my soul, you can rest for the remaining years. No more labor. Eat and drink. Enjoy life. What did God say to him? He said, thou fool. This night, your soul will be requested from you. This night, just the way you harvest the corn and put it inside your bank, the greatest harvester, we have your soul this night. So, you don't own it. I don't own it. When the owner is ready to take it, he comes and takes it without restriction. Without what? Without restriction. So, we are his possession. Possession. So you can understand why he went that far to condescend. God packaged himself in human flesh just to seek you and I. So 1 Corinthians 6 19 to 20. 1 Corinthians 6 19 to 20. 
What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. Verse 20. For ye are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So before you go far and say, and this that the pastor has been saying, he's talking about uh, unbelievers, those that are yet. Uh, there are you as a believer, can you see now? Right? You uh, that is born again. Are we together? It's telling you clearly that you cannot live your life anyhow. So there is no room for abuse of the grace of God, even as Christians. I am born again now. Grace cover. There's nothing like grace cover a share. Grace doesn't cover sin. What the Bible says is that we cannot be in sin and ask that grace should abound. Mm-mm. Grace doesn't increase inside sin. Are we together? Sin should decrease inside grace. Are we together? Sin should do what? Decrease and disappear at the presence of grace. Grace does not increase inside sin. So sin is not a fertilizer for grace. Are we together? Grace should be a poison for sin that kills sin. And a lot of young Christians have been deceived and usurped, molested, okay, by abusers of grace holding the microphone to lure young believers into sin, particularly the ladies. But if you understand your Bible very well, you know that sin is not a fertilizer for Grace is not a fertilizer for, for sin. Are we together? Rather, grace is what? A poison that should kill sin. The third leg in that statement is that Satan... Uh, points about Satan's influence and human redemption. Satan's influence and human redemption. In that statement, it is mentioned as Satan stole humans from God through sin. Humanity fell under the influence of evil. This perspective. Satan's influence and human redemption. So Satan stole humans from God through sin. Humanity fell under the influence of evil. This is firmly established in Genesis chapter 3, where 
humans disobeyed God and got separated from God. John 10.10 10. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. John 10.10 10. The thief cometh not, but to do what? Steal, and to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. So when he came in human flesh, you know, remember we refer to Revelation that says, is there to do what? That Satan warned to the inhabitant of the heart. And that Jesus actually came, he left there, came, right? So he came here to contend, to take what belongs to him. The thief come now, but to do what? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. Satan is that thief that came to do what? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. So he stole man from God. He stole man from God, killed man, and his ultimate goal is total destruction in hell. So before that is done, Jesus Christ appeared. Said, I have come to do what? To give you life and to give you abundantly. So that life is an abundant life. Abundance there means excess. It covers all. Not only your spirituality. It covers all aspects of your existence. Here and hereafter. Financial, earth-wise, name it. Okay, your financial health, your career health, your business health, your calling health, your spiritual health. It, that is the meaning of abundance there. It's generous. It covers all. I have come to give you life and to give you abundantly. So the salvation that we have in Christ, okay, does not just cover a part. It's not limited to just your spirituality, that you are redeemed spiritually. When you are redeemed spiritually, other aspects of your life is secured. Are we together? So Jesus is coming and is dead, okay, the implication of it is comprehensive. Positively comprehensive. God is just too extravagant with what He did for us. Maybe because of our time, let's take number four. Number four is God's interest in redemption. God's interest in redemption. He wants to buy us back. Take what belongs to him back. So redemption simply points to God's act. Okay? God's act of reclaiming what belongs to him back. 
particularly you and I, human beings. And it cannot be separated from the Christian teaching of salvation. And it's a central theme in the Christian faith. God's redemptive work. God's redemptive acts. God's redemptive actions. So, in the incarnation is step number one in God's redemptive act agenda. Incarnation is step one in God's redemptive agenda. Okay? And the devil knows that. That's why he tried very strongly to quickly terminate that agenda. He attempted terminating that agenda immediately Jesus was born. Okay? Herod started to kill all children in an attempt to kill Jesus. And several times in the ministry of Jesus Christ, the devil tried to, uh, to do what? To terminate that agenda. About the time that Jesus was to enter actively into beginning to feel our pains. Alright? And beginning to demonstrate that I have come as the Messiah. Alright? He was in the wilderness. Alright? And the devil came and kept tempting him for 40 days and 40... Alright? Wanted to hijack that agenda. Abort that agenda prematurely. But we thank God Jesus overcame. Hallelujah. Amen. And several times, many times he came here and every now and then. There was a time he wanted to push Jesus down from the cliff of the mountain. Ah, kill him, Well, you won't fulfill this agenda. But glory be to God. The Bible said, and he walked. He walked away in, in their midst. The godness in him. Okay? So some people, people, some people that argue uh, when he was here, did he suppress his godness? Did he, uh, is, is it his humanness that is, uh, how can he be God and man at the same time? I want to share mystery in I want to mystery The mystery of the combination of godness and humanness in the same body. I want to share Are we together? He walked, he walked away in their midst. So, that agenda was a very clear agenda and the devil wanted to terminate it before his total completion. So, that incarnation here, which is the first step, alright, the devil wanted it to end there. Because that, it is that incarnation that made other steps in that agenda possible. Alright? Other steps in that agenda, like Jesus moving around, okay, identifying with, uh, with our, our experiences, okay, doing good, uh, raising disciples, nurturing them, so that there can be propagation of what he came to do at the end of the day. Are we together? Then, going to the, uh, going to the cross uh, to die, Okay, then resurrecting from the, all those steps, other steps, all right, were preceded by the first giant step of the appearance in the flesh. And about the time that the next prominent step in that agenda should be taken, ah, Father, let this cup pass over me. Ah, this is a serious call. Immediately, 
prayers. Not my will, but yours be done. The devil puts to where he belongs again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, so John 3.16, a very popular verse of the scripture. Without, uh, uh, without projecting that, we should be able to say, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. See, God's interest in redemption is just out, right? Romans 5, 8. For God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our God is good. So, if you put all of these together, these four key items from that strong statement that was made, you begin to appreciate okay, the appearance of Jesus in human, human flesh. Our time is uh, shh. Okay. Our time is fast spent, but I say I promise that we will do implication of all of this for us as believers. Maybe we'll just speak about a few of them. I have up to about um, nine to ten implications. That, that Jesus came in the flesh. What does it mean for you and I? That's what we mean by implication. How does it affect me? How does it affect you? What does that do to me? What does that do to you? Number one. Number one is revelation of God's nature. Incarnation shows us revelation. Gives us revelation of God's nature. The incarnation reveals God's character and nature in a tangible way. It reveals God's character and nature in a tangible way. In Jesus, Christians sees the compassion, the love, the mercy of God in a form they can relate to. Just like if you meet your VC at the gate, open the gate, wow, you, it, it's going to be what? A special knowledge, a revelation to you. Ah, so, ah, Baba is a relay. You'll be amazed. Then his value will increase sporadically before you. In your mind, come on, you will never, you will never forget that kind of experience. So, by Jesus appearing in human flesh, the incarnation of Jesus gives us a revelation of the nature of God. We see a God that's, that's, that's so compassionate because he, he has compassion for us. He wants us back to himself. He doesn't want us to go to hell. He came down. He stepped down. Tells us something about the love of God for us, about the mercy of God, about the goodness of about the kindness of God. Number two. Number two implication is redemption and atonement. Redemption and atonement. The incarnation is central to Christian understanding of redemption and atonement. Ibiti, Iyatoti, Wagede, Gede, Gede, Gede. 
laarin igbagbo ninu Kristi ati gbogbo esi to ku lagbayere redemption and atonement you don't have to kill goat every other year again are we together you don't have to kill when you kill chicken christmas is to add protein and to allow your buccal cavity to have some pleasure are we together it's not because you you are looking for uh, forgiveness of sin if you kill goats uh, if you kill cow to celebrate christmas now for your own enjoyment is a celebration of your victory in Christ not an appeal to God for forgiveness what made that possible is the incarnation of Jesus so the incarnation which is a central uh, uh, teaching of the Christian faith shows us very clearly that Jesus through his life his death and resurrection reconciles humanity with God providing a means for forgiveness and salvation. What made it possible? He came in the flesh. He appeared in the flesh. Number three, identification with humanity. Identification with humanity. Maybe I will stop on this one. Then we'll continue from here. I, I feel like we should not rush this. We'll continue from here next um, week by the grace of God. Let's take this third one. Identification with humanity. God, through the incarnation, identifies with human experiences. Can we mention some of the human experiences that we have, we have as human beings? Uh, going through troubles. Troubles. Pains. Sorrow. Sorrow. Pains and sorrow. Pains and sorrow. God bless you. Joy and celebration. In fact, the first on my list there is joy. Hallelujah. Yes! Jesus stood up and went to the marriage of Cana at Galilee. And that is where he performed his first miracle. Hallelujah. His first public social outing was celebration and joy. Hallelujah. So when the devil comes with lies that, ah, now that you are born again, ah, I hear, tell him a lie. There is joy in Jesus. In fact, my Jesus, the first thing he did as a grown-up man, he went to wedding. He celebrated. And when there was trouble in that wedding, he solved the problem. What wanted to terminate their joy, their rejoicing, okay? Jesus did something about and restore the joy. Then when the devil comes with all manner of troubles and pains and sorrow and um, rejection, dejection, okay, failures on your way. Let the devil know that go get to tomb. Hebrews 
Hebrews 4.15. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all point tempted like as we are yet without sin. Come on. That things are not going well. That money is not available. It's not the reason why you should fall for a, 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 a sugar daddy that wants to take you to bed and pay your school fees. Hello? Jesus went through incarnation of Jesus Christ. Okay? Made, him, made it possible for him to go through those experiences yet without sin. That is where your godliness, the mystery of your own godliness lies. When the people of the world are saying, that is not possible. Everybody must do it. Everyone, you stand as a Christian and say, it is possible. I don't have to do it before I get it. Can we bow to pray? Talk to God at this point. Speak to him. Tell him to give you grace. To manifest who you really are. By the reason of what he came to do for us. Tempted in all ways. Yet without sin. We believe you'll be blessed by the ministry of this message. You will do well to be the doer of all you've heard. For further inquiry and spiritual help, contact this number. 80 or worship with us at Oasis of Wisdom Bible Church, adjacent University of Ilorin, Teaching Hospital, Okelsey Ilorin. God bless you.